Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Donut Racing Show, everybody, where we bring a frozen fish stick mindset to the bacon-wrapped scallops loving podium of Formula One racing. That sounds delicious. My name is Nolan Sykes. I'm joined by my two co-hosts, my favorite auto journalists and authors of Racing with Rich Energy by the book. It's Elizabeth Blackstock. Good morning. And Alanis King. Hi. I'm really sad that... We did a food metaphor today, and the food metaphor wasn't about soggy gas station sandwiches, which I love dearly. Um, I'm just sad. Yeah, of course. Last week, we talked about your love of gas station sandwiches and how they are supreme in Texas. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about the good ones, Nolan. We went through this. But today we're talking about the U.S. Grand Prix, which we will get to in a second. I just have to finish my thought about gas station sandwiches, which is... Not the good ones, Nolan. The bad ones. Well, it sounds like the bad ones in Texas are even better than the so-called good ones here in California. That's all I'm saying. That's okay. all I'm trying to say. Okay. Do Who do we think is most likely on the Formula One grid and not Logan Sargent Ooh. to eat a gas Ooh. station sandwich? Yuki Sonoda. Yuki Sonoda, 100%. Oh, Yuki for, yeah. That for means sure. just going to cram it 1, in because he's high angry. Okay, but also I feel like I feel like we're giving Yuki too much credit here because in Drive to Survive, when he went to Britain or whatever, he was like, I hate all of your food. It's plain. Like he would hate the gas station sandwich. No, but here in America, a gas station sandwich is better than the average British food. Like any amount of British food is lesser than. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're actually not wrong here. <sighs> Elizabeth, you were at the U.S. Grand Prix. Please tell us about it. Oh, boy. It was a good event. It was a lot of fun. It was hot as frick. Uh, I got roasted in, in, in so many different ways. Parts of my skin that have never seen the sun uh, saw the sun this weekend, and I can feel it. But it was a really good time. There were a lot of fans that turned out. Coda did a really great job upgrading the circuit to accommodate more people. Um, 
still not perfect, but there are a lot more fan activations and more um, food booths. There's like a whole grab and go food section now. So you can just open a fridge, grab a, like a gas station sandwich, check out, and then you're done. You don't have to wait in a line. You just got it covered. I was super excited about that. That actually is a big thing, it sounds like, because even at any events outside of Formula One, these big time festivals uh, like Coachella, you're going to be in line waiting for a long time for some subpar food. So at least you can take the line out of the equation. Exactly. I was really stoked to see that. Um, And like on top of that, there was so many other vendors that it was not really an issue. Um, People were pretty stoked about it. I tried to talk to a lot of fans. Um, They were very pleased with what the circuit did. It's always a good one to be at. Uh, did a little meetup with a bunch of people, so thank you to everyone who came out. Uh, a lot of a lot of DRS fans showed up to say hello, uh, which Heck is the yeah. sweetest. Uh, someone named a sweetheart named Chandler made Alanis and I some Rich Energy friendship bracelets. They're so cute. I wore them all weekend. Um, and it turns out that William Story was at the track, and I tried to hunt him down, and that was how I got my sunburn, and I didn't find him. Elizabeth. Yeah, Um, there is a concept in the modern world. I know it's new. Um, It's hard to keep track of, but it's called sunscreen. Have you considered it? Um, No, I have not. Okay, well, so I think you should. I'm glad we settled back. (laughs) (laughs) I think you should. I think it would be beneficial. Um, I'll consider it. I've been told this for many years, and I haven't listened to anyone who's ever told that to me. That is my fatal flaw. That is going to be my downfall. One day I'm going to come home from a racetrack, and I'm just going to be like a little chicharron. I'm going to be so crispy, and it's going to be fine. <laughs> okay, but Elizabeth, you would not get away with this around, around me, because yeah, I, I carry sunscreen in my backpack. And earlier this year, we were at Circuit of the Americas for the NASCAR race, and I was with my buddy Tyler Reddick, and this man is starting to turn red. And I look at him and I go, are you wearing sunscreen? And he goes, no. And I go, you need sunscreen. You're going to get skin cancer. And he goes, it's too late for me. And I was like, nope, I'm not hearing it. And I got the sunscreen out and I made him stand there and put on sunscreen. And these fans came up and they were like, are you Tyler Reddick? And he just kind of like hit his face. He was like, I'm putting on sunscreen. He was so embarrassed. That's what I would do. By the way, Tyler Reddick, not old, not an old guy. He's a young, younger driver, younger cat. He's 27. Definitely it's not, not too late not for too him. Late to start putting on sunscreen. It's not uh, too you've late. You've got the rest of your life ahead of you. I'm assuming he's going to hit the average American age of like 85, 90. I don't know. Is that the uh, average American age? That's too many Or, you years. know, average death age. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I might be totally off, but. Uh, start wearing your sunscreen now, even if you think it's too late. If you're like Tyler Reddick, I started wearing sunscreen pretty religiously now. Uh, and you know what? I can feel a difference. I started putting on lotion. I'm moisturized. Ooh, I'm taking care of my skin because this face right here, this is my money maker. I need to protect it. Okay. I need to make sure that I can not look like a leathery shoe when I'm 55 years old. You are worth it. Dear listener. You are worth the sunscreen. Did anything else happen at Circuit of the Americas this weekend that I missed? Uh, a little thing happened called Loints, but we'll get oh. into that more later. Oh. Oh. Mm-hmm. You just and maybe the Liz, Liz Blackstock can be blamed a little bit for I, these loints, we'll, we'll get into whole, it. I'll share my whole story. Uh, there is more to it. If you saw the photo of me praying by Logan Sargent's car, that was just the start. Okay, more. but 
There's also backstory to that, which is that Elizabeth and I didn't know for a long time how to get on the Formula (laughs) One grid. And then last year, we just started walking around and asking people who had grid passes, how did you get grid passes? And we figured it out. And then I didn't go this year, so I wasn't on the grid, and Elizabeth was. Um, That's okay, though. We're good. I'll go eventually. I don't really care. I'll figure it out. Um, Before we had the race, we had this little thing called qualifying. So we're going to start with Q1. Fernando Alonso has made Q3 at every single race this season. This man is just eating it up. All right. He is going. But he was out in Q1 in Austin. He was 17th. Ouch. Eesh. Lance Stroll also did not make it past Q1, his teammate. So the Aston Martins were down and out before this really even started. Daniel Ricciardo is back. And he barely made it into Q2, but at least he made it. Eliminated in Q1 were Nico Hulkenberg, Fernando Alonso, Alex Albon, Lance Stroll, and Logan Sargent. But it didn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) In Q2, Daniel Ricciardo had his lap time deleted for track limits because we're still doing that stupid track limits thing. Um, Max Verstappen also asked for the limit to be changed somewhere on the circuit and they immediately changed it for him, which I found very fascinating. Like the next day, the issue was gone. Uh, Q2, Stevie Ocon had an amazing lap. They thought that he kind of just squeaked by, but he absolutely crushed Q2. It was nice to see, um, you know, he's out here doing it. And eliminated in that round were Yuki Tsunoda, Zhou Guan Yu, Valtteri Bottas, Kevin Magnussen, and Daniel Ricardo, because he got that track limit or track time deleted. Q3 was a barn burner. Well, maybe not. Uh, Charles Leclerc was much faster than Max Verstappen in the middle sector. So it was Leclerc's to lose. He finished on pole this year. Got that pole position. Really shaking things up. That always you know, goes we so kinda, well for him. Well, I mean, this kind of sets the tone for the rest of the weekend. We're like, oh, Red Bull's got this just in the bag. Max, he's coasting. But here we see a little challenge from the Monogasque man. I was going to say from Japan because it rhymed, rhymed, but it does not. Uh, That doesn't even rhyme. Monogasque man from Japan. Oh, man from Japan. I thought you were trying to rhyme Monogasque and Japan. And I was like, no, no, no. Oh, Nolan, where are we going? I got hit in the head this morning real hard. Um, <laughs> by the roofing materials because they're redoing yeah, by, your okay. roof. <laughs> yes, uh, there's roofing happening at my apartment as we do this. I don't think you guys can hear it um, because my mic is pretty good, but uh, it's it's crazy in here right now. Anyway, uh, Lando snags P2 in qualifying uh, qualifying three session. Carlos Sainz, who got pulled last year at the U.S. Grand Prix, he starts in p3 george russell had his time deleted unfortunately but still ended up p5 for the start and max look he had a rough go of it this weekend um i hope yas Verstappen wasn't at the track because it was was i saw him so Uh, many times he left max there and was like max you have to walk to downtown do you know do you know who was standing next to each other almost every time i saw them together helmet marco and yas Verstappen. it was the immediate like i'm turning and walking the other way crew they seem like they have nothing in common at oh, all. No, I disagree. Mm-mm. I'm, jo- yeah, that was the joke. 
That was the no. joke. They seem like they have a lot in common. Those dudes, they're like, they sit there and Yoss is like, you remember when I left Max at the gas station and Helmet's like, yeah. Helmet's like, I wish we could do that to every driver. I wish we could do that to everybody we, right yeah, now. They're going to leave Sergio at the track. <laughs> have we tried leaving these two at the gas station you and just what? letting them fend for themselves? They wouldn't eat the sandwiches there and they would starve to death. They would refuse. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, Max had a rough weekend. He did. He came on the radio to say, quote, well done. Well done there. What the was that in the last corner? Is he talking about himself or the car? (laughs) That's yet to be seen. (laughs) He did get himself to pole. Technically, he later had his time deleted for track limits at turn 19, and he would start P6 for the race. So now we got Charles Leclerc on pole. And Max back there in sixth behind some tough competition, mind you. Um, so that really set the stage for this race. A little shakeup. I don't know if it was, once again, Red Bull. Um, we've seen it already this year when Red Bull is on like a hot streak and they kind of like take, take things for granted uh, um, and mess up a little bit. But I, it was a tough weekend this weekend for Max and Red Bull. A tougher weekend. Uh, it still had a, a similar outcome that, to what we've become used to. But not by that big of a margin. Honestly, it was it was interesting. It was at least nice to see a top three made up of drivers that you don't normally see in the top three. Or I guess you I mean, you still kind of would see them up there, but, you know, not in number one, not in pole position. Uh, I was I was surprised. I enjoyed it. I actually hooted and hollered. I was in hospitality on Friday when they had qualifying because the kind folks at Ferrari Trento decided to let me drink a lot of sparkling wine that day. Um, I saw that. It was really it was so nice. It was wonderful. Uh, but also a few sparkling wines down and I was out there yelling at the racetrack <laughs> uh, with all the other folks in the paddock club who really don't care. <laughs> I was in the paddock club once in like 2015 and they served lobster for lunch and it's just it's just a bunch of people wearing all white okay it's like a bunch of carbon copies of jeremy fragrance except (laughs) without jeremy fragrance's personality it's like if they if he was really boring yeah that's who's in the paddock club yeah i feel like paddock club i i went out to formula e in brooklyn in like 2018 or 19 FIA paid for it and everything to, for us to come out there. So I was in the paddock club as well. I feel like paddock club at Formula E is a little different because like if you're at Formula E, I mean, you're invested a little bit. You're I'm trying to say you're kind of a, a nerd, I think, a little bit, a racing nerd because ah, you're at Formula fair. E. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're not totally wrong on that front. Um. <laughs> so the, the vibe there was a little like people were interested in the race is what I'm trying to say. Uh, whereas for especially U.S. Grand Prix in Austin, like, we had so many celebrities there this year. Drew Barrymore yeah. was there. In a full-on fire suit, like a Red Bull fire suit. Yeah, Joe Jonas was there. Yeah, I kind of got the impression that some people were there for PR yeah. reasons. It, it, uh, uh. Because uh, various criticisms could be passed on certain people that were there I was, for various I, okay, reasons. Okay, it was a very interesting mix of people um, because Drew Barrymore, we had all of the drama with her wanting to bring the show back and stuff. And then here she is in a Red Bull fire suit. And then here is recently divorced Joe Jonas chilling. Like, Currently embroiled in a, in a heated custody case. Are they divorced yet or is it not final? I don't know anything. 
I'm not exactly sure, but they are for sure. Her, Joe Jonas and Sophie Turner are separated. It was uh, an interesting mixture of people was, there. Prince yeah. Harry was there. We Prince we heard Harry all was of these there. rumors all weekend. Oh, Prince Harry's coming. And I was like, no, he's not. No, he isn't. And then like the paddock kind of like got shut down a little bit. And I was like, really? oh, so they've got security detail. They've definitely got Prince Harry. Gotcha. Interesting. That's very interesting. There were a lot of people randomly speculating that Taylor Swift was going to be there. Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. And I was like, are y'all making this up in your heads? Did you read something on a forum? I kind of understand the if an event is smart, they will invite Taylor and Travis to that event. Get some more people there. Although the the Grand Prix was sold out. It's not like you're going to have like more but tickets for Swifties just on hand. I have questions about this. I heard multiple times that the circuit was at capacity this weekend. And there were fewer people here than last year. Uh, it really? 8,000 people. And they also added more grandstands. So I want to dig into that one a little bit more. Because I like they said it multiple times on the broadcast, I believe. Um, they mentioned it like during press conferences and stuff. And I was like, this is, that's not capacity though. (laughs) (sighs) What did you think about the U S Grand Prix sprint race situation? So the sprint race is 19 laps and I usually expect that to be short, but I forgot that Coda is really long. It was, it was interesting. Um, I was talking to some of the other journalists in the paddock who cover more of the races than I do per year. So this is our second sprint race in a row. We're about to kick off on a triple header. So we're going from Qatar with a sprint race to the U.S. Grand Prix with a sprint race, followed immediately by Mexico next week and Brazil the week after, which also has a sprint race. Uh, These people are demolished. Like, they are so exhausted. They've been running around like wild. Um, it was so hot in Qatar. It was real hot in Austin too. It was, it was, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what the situation. We went for like six <laughs> months, no sprint race, no big deal. Now we're just gonna smack all of them into the ass end of the calendar. Okay, I don't get it. I was also confused. I forgot that sprint races kind of existed, and now it's just like sprint race, sprint race, going, going, the going. Logic back is and not logicking. Also, before we get into the details of the sprint race, did we see the quote from Max Verstappen after the sprint race about how it ruins the magic of a weekend because you want to wake up on Sunday and not know who's going to be the fastest? And I was like, Max, it's you. You are the fastest. What point are you trying to make, Max? See, but here's here's the thing. I actually agree with him a little bit. There was a I was watching that press conference. There was a much greater extended quote on that front um oh see i only got the twitter cut yeah down. so you got the little bit and he was talking about where it was like the issue is that he was like when you watch the sprint race you know it's going to happen on sunday and like you've already seen it we already know we know who's going to be good we've already had a preview we've watched the race and so the magic of sunday is that like he mentioned like the minor hope that something else might happen um, not, you know, like they had a little, the, the other drivers up there had a little giggle about it, but he was like, yeah, you know, it's, you, you don't want to know exactly what's going to happen. You don't want to feel exactly what the race is going to be. You want to have a little surprise with it. And I was like, okay, I agree with Max. You know, it's funny that it's coming from him, obviously. Like that's the great irony of it. But like, 
in the grand scheme of things, he's right. And I think Max does have a lot of uh, awareness for the sport itself. Duh, stupid statement. But I think like from a, he understands the fan perspective. I think Uh, Max is a big time racing nerd. He presumably watches other racing series. NASCAR trucks at Talladega. He loves the show himself and he wants the show to be as good as it is. And I agree with him. I think it is like undercutting it a little bit. That might be part of the reason I don't like watching the sprint races. You get that hint already. Qualifying kind of already is a hint that he's talking about, but I think it does take some air out of the sails for the main race. But I think at this point we're, I mean, it must be good for business because uh, I, I, I just don't know if we're going to see sprint races go away anytime soon. Yeah, no, the talk of the weekend was how can we fix the sprint races? Because we uh, definitely fixed them this year after changing the format. I'm sure that this is a great idea. And if we just keep tweaking it, I'm sure it'll be totally fine and everyone will love it. And there will be no problems with the sprint race. I'm sure this is what this is going to be the thing that solves Formula One. We have discussed this multiple times. You fix the sprint race by getting 20 spec Miatas and putting them in there and making them go. That's how you fix the sprint race. Spec Miatas. Foot race. I just want to see. I want to see him foot, foot race. race. I just want to see him joust. Just let him do that. Tricycle race. Ooh. Something stupid. Ooh. Something mega I want to see dumb. y'all make a fool of yourselves. <sighs> So this sprint race this weekend, the top drivers on the starting grid were Verstappen, Leclerc, Hamilton, Norris, Piastri, Sainz, Perez, Albon, Gasly, and Daniel Ricciardo. On the first lap, guess what happened? Max Verstappen pretty much immediately passed Charles Leclerc. Uh, Charles got up there a little bit, tried to make a move after the race, said, I went for a gap. Uh... But he did not. Yeah, he he pulled out the center quote. Um, and I was like, I'm glad you didn't get that gap. Uh, Lewis Hamilton moved up to P2 after going wheel to wheel with Leclerc. And Piastri had light contact with Carlos Sainz, who quickly got up to P5. On lap three, Checo and Piastri had a little battle. Ultimately, Checo made it past. But George Russell went off the track trying to pass Piastri and got a penalty. To which he said, he ran me off the road. Mm-hmm. Not really, but he had to give that spot back. Lap 11, Carlos Sainz running in P5, but with DRS, Perez passed him. Lap 17, Lance Stroll had to retire, continuing Aston Martin's terrible, tragic, horrifying, and awful weekend. Uh, very bad. Both of them ended up starting from pitling for the race, along with both of the Haas cars. It was a little bit of a mess. Uh... And then at lap 19, we got that checkered flag. The final 10 spots on the grid were Verstappen, Hamilton, Leclerc, Norris, Perez, Sainz, Gasly, George Russell, because of that five-second penalty, Albon, and Piastri. Guess who said a little thing after the race? It was Max Verstappen. Came over the radio and said, simply lovely that. Points got awarded from eighth to first position, which means that George Russell got that last single point. I had a dream last night that Max Verstappen just randomly announced that he was done with Formula One because it was too boring for him. Yeah. I I can see it happening. (laughs) I I can see it. He just wins the sprint race and he's like, lovely. Let's go home. Like, let's go out to eat. I don't know. (laughs) Poor guy. (laughs) Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find 
people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. All right. So now on to the race. Uh, it was a pretty, I'll say it's, it was uh, pretty interesting. We we almost had something cool happen. Uh, <laughs> like once. <laughs> Uh, Max won the race this time around, but it actually seemed to be a bit of a challenge for the Dutch driver. Again, I thought we were going to see something cool happen. Uh, It was his 50th win in Formula 1 and 15th win this season. The crux of Max's issues seemed to be his brakes, which he was struggling with the whole race. On lap 34, he told his engineer, ah, mate, these brakes are so compared to yesterday. What a piece of shit. Okay, I maintain that Max Verstappen has never driven an economy car on the highway. Yeah, probably not. Because literally every time his car makes noise, he's like, the car's making noise. And it's like, yes, have you driven an economy car on the highway? Oh, these brakes are bad. This car is a piece of shit. Have you ever driven a piece of shit? Have you? He's never driven a a Pontiac Grand Prix (laughs) uh, in a cornfield like I have. I have that on Max Verstappen. I can say that. That's great. Um, On lap 42, Max reiterated that, uh, again, my brakes are just shit. The second time he said that, I was like, you know what? Hmm. What if something happened here? Maybe he what should if, drive uh, an economy car on the highway. What if uh, What if the brakes go out or something? What if he has to, has to bring it in? I, I started getting excited. Got even <laughs> more excited on lap 46. His engineer, GP, tells Max that he was running the same pace as Hamilton, to which Max angrily replied, please, no talking. I'm in the braking. And GP replied, understood, Max. Given GP the old Kimi Raikkonen treatment by telling his engineer to shut up when he's driving. I love that Nolan was like, he angrily said this. And then he goes, please, no talking. I'm in the braking. Like, Nolan, it was a bit more. It was more pointed than that. Also, in the after the post-race press conference, they were like, oh, you sounded pretty mad today. And Max was like, I thought I was pretty polite. I said, please. <laughs> <laughs> See? Max is funny. I Max is a funny guy. That. It wasn't the last gripe, though. On the penultimate lap, the second to last lap, lap 55, his team once again tried to give him some info and he shouted, I'm going to be more angry this time. <clears throat> no talking in the braking, man. That's what I would say if I was turning off the highway in an economy car. Um, but this whole time, you know, he's having issues with his braking. Lewis is like chewing his way through the grid and yeah. it's looking. Like something cool is going to happen. But Alanis, did something cool happen? I'm so sorry. I was just visualizing Lewis chewing his way through the grid and like the material in my mind was rubber. And it's just Lewis just like chomping on some rubber. Y'all ever wanted to just bite a tire marble? Like, I feel like that feels so nice. (laughs) 
Yeah. The, the taste would be I mean, be it would good. taste... The feel, Okay, though. but would it taste salty or would it just taste like dirt? Like, would it have no, some flavor? there's only flavor? one way to I find out. Some. Okay. I mean, there, there's one of two options here. It's either salty or it tastes like dirt. We'll figure it out. Lewis, he was kind of grumping on the radio, you know, kind of like Max, but <laughs> a little more passive. Um, well, George... He chilled out a little bit, you know, maybe he checked the Internet and saw that we were all talking about him. So on the start, Lewis fell from P3 to P4 and then he kind of chilled there. Right. He had numerous radio messages about his tire concerns as usual. Uh, my tires, my tires. Ah. <laughs> I mean, he knows. Like, he, he knows to. it's a thing. And do you think he thinks about it every time he says my tires? Do you think he's thinking about, <gasps> like, do you think he cringes at himself? I, I would. Uh, 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 I did it. Okay. Anyway, he finished second, but it wasn't without some intrigue. After the race, he goes, fantastic weekend, guys. Really well done. Let's keep pushing. We're getting closer next time. And then during his post-race interview with Jensen Button, he said, I think we have to congratulate Red Bull. They've done an incredible job. Max has been flawless all year. My team did a fantastic job to bring the upgrade here. We come in fighting, and we're really happy with the result. But, but next? But also that result included a lot of like, fun stuff like toward the end max was i mean lewis was catching max toward the end right it yeah. was exciting he i don't think he would have caught him if we had 10 more laps i think i think he would have plateaued a little bit but it was in it was exciting to consider it might happen so that's not where lewis finished he did not i get actually P2. this got Go me ahead. thinking it seems so often not so often but every so often we get a race where it's like oh man if only we, if only we had like five more laps you know maybe <laughs> would we see something i want to know is there like this might be an obvious question, but is there a fundamental reason why that happens? Where it always seems like it could go if we only had five more laps, but failed I don't know, strategy. I was just thinking about this. Failed strategy? Yeah. Failed strategy. Because, I mean, ultimately, you didn't do it in time. It they would have had those five laps if the Mercedes pit stops had actually not been garbage. So, yes, there's that. I would read a paper about this phenomenon, though. Like, what are the factors that strategy, uh, our perception of events, you know, maybe it's psych psychology, how that plays into it as a fan. It's hope versus reality. Like Lewis was within one point three seconds of max with a couple of laps to go. And realistically, there was a chance to get within DRS range and try it. But. Max got DRS, I think, on the last lap and ended up being much faster than Lewis on that yeah. back straight. I think ultimately it's reality versus hope because Lewis had a window to catch Max had he been fast enough, but it didn't happen. So we hold on to hope that it might have happened. But had there been five more laps, it probably wouldn't have happened and we would lose that hope. And like hope is a powerful thing. So... That's why we're always like, well, if there had been a few more laps, if, 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 but there are no ifs, it didn't happen. <laughs> Lewis Hamilton's story does not end with his celebration at the end of this race and his P2. After the race, Lewis and Charles Leclerc's cars were inspected and irregularities were noticed by the FIA. 
So post-race report, the delegates report said the skids located in the area math numbers are found not to be in compliance with Article 3.5.9E of the 2023 Formula One technical regulations. In dumbed down language, that means the underside of the car was not great. So the, the, the wooden plank on the bottom of the car is not actually wood. It is made of resin now. Oh, resin plank. I feel like if you had actual wood on the underside of a modern Formula One car and it scraped the ground, you would start a fire. <laughs> Maybe, well, well, that's disappointing yeah. to hear. Actually, I, this whole yeah. time I did thought I thought it was like a a, a wooden plank. No. And I was like, wow, what a little what a little piece from a bygone era. That's fun. But no, now it's it's also advanced. They can't let us have anything. It's resin. It used to be made out of wood. It has not been since the late 90s. Uh, that used to be a piece of beach plywood that was used. Currently, it is now reinforced plastic and like resin. This is basically, they use it to calculate the wear on this. They don't want you to be... I mean, it's to enforce ride height, correct? Yeah, it is to reinforce ride height. They want to make sure that the cars aren't like sucking to the very bottom of the track the way that they were in the previous decades with the ground effect thing. Um, And so this plank is here to kind of like show that the, I believe Aston Martins, I can't say for certain, but several other teams actually raised their ride height to such an extent this weekend that it was uncomfortable for the drivers and it was causing them issues uh, specifically to avoid this whole situation. And I think it's important to discuss that ride height isn't always what it seems. So you do kind of need a measurement to be under there. If you know the famous Lotus 88, it was a car that was designed to get around ground effect. So it had a thing called the twin chassis system. So ground effect, Cars suck into the ground. They're getting really fast. And F1 is like, no, 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 no. This is not safe. People are going to die. So Lotus goes, yeah, no problem. We'll do. We'll do ride height. They had a twin chassis, which was a chassis inside a chassis. So when the car is on pit road, the car's at ride height, right? We're good. We're fine. Then when it goes out on track and the downforce starts affecting it, that outer chassis sucks to the ground and recreates the ground effect that you are not supposed to have. And that car got in a lot of trouble. (laughs) But you have to reinforce these things because teams are going to do what they can to get around these rules. Exactly. I I would be interested to see exactly like what what the extent of the sprint race, like what damage that caused. Uh, and how that would be different from, like, three practice sessions. Obviously, you're pushing a lot harder for a sprint race and during qualifying, you know, multiple qualifying sessions. But it's it's interesting that, like, I don't know, that we're even in this position, um, that the teams weren't paying attention to this or that they maybe thought they could get away with it or that they weren't expecting the wear to be as bad as it was. Uh, there's a lot to to dissect here that I'm interested to kind of see what comes out of it. Yeah, that's fair. So both teams, they send a rep to the stewards because we're going to fight this, right? We're going to go politics. And they claimed the high wear on the skid pads was probably a result of the unique combination of the bumpy track and the sprint race schedule that minimized the time to set up and check the car before the race. And the stewards were like, 
Nah, bro. The onus is on the competitor to ensure that the car is in compliance with the regulations at all times during an event. In this particular case, the rear skid in the area defined by the technical delegate's report was outside of the threshold outlined in Article 3.5.9E of the Formula One technical regulations, which includes a tolerance for wear. So uh, get out of here. They disqualified them. I have a lot of thoughts, a lot of concerns, a lot of spice. They checked four cars. They tested the planks on four cars and half of them were irregular. And how many cars are in the field, Elizabeth? There are 20. 20. By the time they got, like, they had come to a conclusion, the cars are released from Park Ferme and were being packed up. So you cannot, at that point, continue to test them. So... Theoretically, we probably could have had a 10-car finish, maybe, like, considering the odds that we had. Um, Very interesting to see that it was only, it was just those two, but, you know, such is life. Listen, the United States, if they're going to do anything, they're going to rig the system. And what did they do? (laughs) They rigged the system. And what did we get? Loints! We got freaking loint. We we got one loint. One loint. Logan Sargent finished. He crossed the the finish line in 12th place. And because two cars were disqualified, that moved him right on up to 10th. He is the first American to get points, I believe, since Michael Andretti in the 90s. Insert question mark ago. It's been 30 years. Wow. Um, Scott Speed never got points? Nope. Scott Speed... Did not well. Scott Speed would have gotten points. The problem at that point was that the um, the point structure didn't go from one to ten, so points weren't awarded for tenth place finishes. So he would have if it was under these current regulations. It was not. What I think is so funny about this is that Elizabeth posted a photo next to Logan's car before the sprint, and she said praying for loints. And in the sprint, Logan ran twentieth. <laughs> And I responded and I said, he's in a solid 20th right now. And then we have this race and Logan somehow finishes 12th, somehow in some world. And we're like, well, that's as close as we're going to get to Loints. I mean, that's a really good result anyway, going from, you know, for Logan. I mean, that's pretty good. So he would be he could hang his hat on that even without the points thank you lewis thank you charles thank you for for this cheated up cars thank you for your sacrifice uh prior to the race i was on the grid so i during the sprint race grid i did the photo with logan's car then i came for the race grid and i took two photos that i was particularly proud of one was of Lewis Hamilton's car. I got a great angle of it. There was no one around it. All the other car photos I tried to get, someone was always in the freaking way. Two, on my way back to the uh, paddock and to the media center, I saw Charles Pitboard. And I was like, oh, this is cool. I'll get a little photo of that. Um, I love a good Pitboard. Those two were the two that got disqualified. Now Damn. I feel like I've cursed them. You took the Loins <laughs> photo and then you took those two. I like I worked some fancy black magic this weekend and I am never going to have a good thing happen to me again. <laughs> you know, I, I was told recently that Taylor Swift does witchcraft. But Elizabeth, mm. is it you 
Oh, absolutely, it's me. It tis the season. We're reaching spooky season. Like, the veil is thin, my dudes. We are out here summoning from the great beyond. Summoning. We are summoning the loins. <laughs> because of this, this whole situation, Lando Norris had a very impressive weekend. He crossed the line in P3, but the after-race penalties pushed him up to a solid second place. He had a really great start from second on the grid behind Charles Leclerc and Pole, and like Lewis Hamilton, he stayed steadily at the front of the pack for the whole race. He led intermittently for the first 28 laps, um, so like he'd pop up there, but he had to pit so he would lose position. But then Max passed him on lap 28 because Max Verstappen is inevitable. I, there were a few interesting radio messages where he tried to get Max in trouble for track limits the very second that Max overtook him. That because- was... That was infuriating. It was Fellas. infuriating. Listen, Lando, I get it. I know you're grasping here. Like, you don't want Max to beat you. But as soon as Max passes Lando, Lando's like, I think I saw him go over the line. I think I saw him go over the line. It's like, come on. Like, do you, you really <laughs> want to win or get a spot back on a technicality? Like, let the yes. stewards officiate the race. Just race the car. No, they they want the stewards to say that. They want the stewards to disqualify Max Verstappen after the race so that we can all be the winners. Uh, I'd be over the radio like, oh, he's scraping. He is scraping up there. Check the floor of that car. Mm-hmm. Check it. Look at look at him. Look at him after the race. Pick on that one. Mm-hmm. 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 Meanwhile, uh, Oscar Piastri, Lando's teammate, had a really bad race. He got the two-for-one special this weekend when he tangled with Stevi Ocon during the opening lap. That left Ocon with side pod damage, uh, and also Piastri got all just ruined from that, and he had to retire as well. So two two cars at once ended up retiring from the same little bonk. We also had Fernando Alonso starting from the pit lane, but he made it all the way up to P7 before he dropped back and had to retire the car. This incident kind of speaks to the experience of Fernando Alonso. By lap 33, Alonso was running P10, and by lap 40, he was up to P7, seemingly running a pretty strong race. But at lap 50, out of 56 laps, he dropped down from P9 to P11 with some kind of suspension issue. Uh, it was pretty interesting because he goes on the radio saying that something was wrong with the car. He's like frantically asking his team to check and Aston Martin comes back to him like, hey, man, we don't see anything like we think you're good. Just like keep going. But Alonzo has been in the sport a long time. And, you know, when you're that experience, when you feel something slightly off, uh, you know that something's wrong. You know, especially on a track as bumpy and punishing as Austin. You could feel that something in the rear suspension was was flopping around the way that shouldn't. And that kind of experience when your car feels a certain way for 50 laps and then suddenly does not feel correct, that's when you know something's up. So he had to come in and retire the car. Meanwhile, teammate Lance Stroll finished P9 uh, after a somewhat lackluster weekend for the the rest of the weekend. You know, uh, it was getting pretty bad for Lance online. People talking a lot of smack in the lead up to this race. But, you know, with those penalties, he scored his first points since the summer break and it was bumped up to P7. So good work, Lance. And I'm sure resident Lance Stroll fan Elizabeth Blackstock was very happy. Honestly, so jazzed. Uh, I, both of my boys did really well this weekend, which is 
Like, what a concept. What a rarity. I, I'm, I'm on cloud nine. It's because I was there. I think either Aston Martin or Williams uh, should bring me out to all of the rest of the races. And then I'm sure we'll get, like, a podium. So, a Elizabeth, I... A, <laughs> oh, my, oh, no. Oh, a oh, baby. Oh. oh, now I'm thinking about Leodium. And Leodium sounds like something that you would see on, like, what is the table of elements in chemistry? What is that? The periodic table. The periodic table. Leodium. It sounds like one of the, it sounds like an ad you'd see for a medicine during a NASCAR race. No, literally. <laughs> Leodium. Leodium. Elizabeth, um, I do have to say I'm very disappointed in you as a Lance Stroll fan because if anybody makes fun of him, you have to run and jump at them and just like be down their throat mad. Like you can't you can't let them do this to him. See, I I can't, but also I don't got that dog in me. Uh, I there are enough mad men on the internet that if I started defending Lance Stroll at every moment in time, <laughs> it would be I horrific. Might, I might actually have to launch myself into the sun just to take a little break from things. I will do it with my heart's content. I can have my little private love, you know. I can I can share it with y'all on the Donut Racing Show where it is sacred and safe, and that is more than enough for me. I need to fear you. Honestly, I don't know why you don't already. <laughs> I, like, if I say something about Lance Stroll, I need to fear that you will be after me. And I haven't yeah, reached I'm, that I'm, yet. I'm, I'm going on this, this, you know, he, he'll talk, he'll do his talking on the racetrack. You know, we don't, we don't need to talk for him. He's going to, he'll, he'll get it. He's got he'll it all do his talking on the racetrack. Okay. Exactly. Look at okay. him. He finished in seventh. He knew exactly what he needed to do. Where did his teammate finish? He freaking didn't. Okay, there we say. go. Thank you, That's all Elizabeth. I gotta say. You're welcome. With that, we have our segment, Grand Prix Grab Bag, where we're just going to go through a bunch of stuff that happened, okay? Charles Leclerc was pissed the whole race. And this man had a right to be. He started on pole. Then he drops down a bit. And like halfway through the race, he's hovering around P6. He's chilling. And then his team let his teammate Carlos Sainz pass him. And he comes on the radio and he goes, why did I have to let him by? We have to talk after the race. And then, of course, he was disqualified. <laughs> I bet they did a lot of talking after the race. He probably I bet they did was a- not in charge of the conversation. Though. <laughs> no, I don't think he was. But also, do you think Charlotte Claire is happy when he qualifies on pole? Or do you think he's just thinking about what's going to happen? Because could he have seen... Like, I would have expected at worst we get a Charlotte Claire poll and then a radio message from Ferrari five laps in that's like P5 targeting P5, P5. <laughs> and instead, we get this. We get the the whole mess during the race and then a disqualification. Just out of my realm of imagination here. If I was Charlotte Claire, um, I honestly don't even think I'd go to Mexico. I think I would just go home. I would go to Mexico, but I would go to the beach. Oh, that's a good one. I wouldn't go to the track. I would just go to Mexico, find an all-inclusive resort. Yeah, he's going to Tulum. Eat literally the shittiest nachos you possibly can at an all-inclusive resort for a week. Do you think Charlotte Claire has ever had a nacho? Um, maybe. Uh, but they're like, they're like ceviche nachos. They've got like... I mean, like... Okay, yes, you're right. He's there's, definitely there's had a like fancy $40. nacho. $40, yeah. He's had a he's, fancy I don't nacho. Think I don't think he's ever had like a like a movie theater nacho. You Damn. know what I mean? Or like a oh. like a Mexican food truck nacho. Oh, yeah. 
Anyway, Daniel Ricardo was back this week and uh, he had some issues with his one-stop strategy. Meanwhile, Yuki Sonoda had a great drive and he finished P10. But thanks to the valiant sacrifice of Lewis Hamilton and Charles Leclerc, he got P8 and an extra point for fastest lap. Hell yeah. I was so stoked. I don't think Yuki gets enough credit. I think we should all love him more than we already do. Oh, I, I, I dare. I dare someone to say they're a Yuki hater. I'll get up in their grill. <laughs> he, Nolan will be the one to go to bat on the internet for his love. For which is sure. Yuki. Did anybody see the photo of Pierre Gasly lifting Yuki up in the paddock? I yes. think he was like trying to like yes. make a basketball shot or something. Yes. And You're it was so literally like a father and his child. <laughs> <laughs> because Pierre has Yuki like around the waist or something or the legs or something and he's lifting this small man up <laughs> oh, adorable adorable anyway Stebby Ocon my guy he did not last long um, in this race and I'll be honest I had to watch this race on mute because we had a good friend over at the house and we had the NASCAR race on TV because my husband is like F1 is boring I don't want to watch it so I had it on the computer but on mute instead of like on loud because we had a friend over and I watched Stebby Ocon retire and I go man there goes my boy again this is his third DNF in the last five races <laughs> And it's like, how am I how am I supposed to work on my fandom of Esteban Ocon if he's not on track? Dude, you're getting like the Marusha experience. Yes. <laughs> how am I supposed to cheer for a person who is not out there? You can make up things and that makes it even more fun. Just make stuff up. Oh, my goodness. So he retired the car after a scuffle with Oscar Piastri on the opening lap. And I think as an Esteban Ocon fan, this is supposed to make me an Oscar Piastri hater. But Oscar just has such a neutral face that I can't be an Oscar Piastri hater. So Stebby, tangle with somebody else. Tangle yeah, with somebody else. Do better else. next time. Do like find somebody <laughs> else next time. I don't know who's tangle with Nico Hulkenberg, Stebby, and then we'll be oh, on a roll. We will we go. be going. Um, yeah, I'm I'm working on my Stebby Ocon fandom, but he's just not out there. He's, he's making it he tough. Not he's, making it tough. he's making it tough. <laughs> so to sum it all up, the original podium prior to the penalties was Max Verstappen, Lewis Hamilton, and Lando Norris. Then came Carlos Sainz, Sergio Perez, Charles Leclerc, and George Russell. After that was Pierre Gasly, Lance Stroll, and Yuki Tsunoda. Then everything changed. So after the penalties, we have Max in first. Max is still up there. Nothing changes about him. Then Lando Norris after him and Carlos Sainz in P1 through 3. Checo got P4. Yeah, Checo. Checo Checo did something. Checo. There we go. Go Checo. The Checo um, fans at the track must have been going nuts. nuts. And there were so many of them. My oh. favorite people. I love uh, them to bits. Listen, we love Checo. We love Checo's fans. It's just been a rough couple of months. Um, George Russell jumped to P5. Gasly got P P6. I almost said Gasly got Pierre. <laughs> Gasly <Ayo>. is Pierre. <laughs> and Lance Stroll finished P7. Our final points were Yuki Sonoda in P8 with the fastest lap, followed by Alex Albon and Lawrence Logan Sargent in 10th. My boy. 
The fastest lap went to Yuki Sonoda. Driver of the day was Lando Norris, and our DNFs were several. Sebi Ocon, Oscar Piastri, and Fernando Alonso all failed to finish. And of course, our disqualified folks were Charles Leclerc and Lewis Hamilton. How about that race? It was all right. It was interesting. There was tension. And that's something we can't really say about some previous races. There were things that could have happened. And uh, I I liked watching it. Uh, (laughs) That being said, it's time for Boyfriend of the Week. (laughs) Who's the best this week? That's what we want to know. Middle school rules. So for this week only. That means next week we're choosing a new boyfriend. Just like we did in middle school. We all had that experience. (laughs) Actually, I feel like I've told this story, but like in high school, this girl, she was like really pursuing me for like a year. And then we started dating, you know, as as you do in high school, whatever that means in high school. And then a week later, she she broke up with me. Wow, so Nolan. That was middle school rules. That was high school rules right there. Wow, Nolan. I, I think I was in like seventh grade or something. And there was this cute guy and he he liked me. And I think at some point, I don't know if it was his idea or just someone else's idea for us to date. And I was like, okay, whatever. And then I was like, no, wait, I don't like this. And so I don't even think I like broke up with him. I just didn't just talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I don't know. I, I was like 12. I, I, didn't, I was just like, oh, I don't like this. Um, no, nah, I'm good. It's, look, I'm good. It's just, you know, <laughs> it, yeah, it's not like dating. It's like, no, we, you know, we're, we're going out. Like, what does that mean, though, in high school? What, is, what like, does what does that mean? And especially in junior high, to you be fair, yeah, this was car. like sixth or seventh grade or something like this. And my mom out. dropped me off at my date. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh my god! What a Look, thing! It's it's a thing. Anyway, um, boyfriend of the week. Do we have any boyfriends of the week other than Loint and Logan Sargent? Like, I think that I'm, 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 I'm that goes a blank without here. saying. I think, but I actually I have another one that I found. Okay. I'll do a, I'll do a runner up. Go for it. I picked one on Thursday because uh, Haas had a little welcome dinner for everyone in the paddock during the media day. And it was great. They were partnered with Chipotle. So they had their little like if you saw Gunther Steiner had his own burrito uh, and you could order that at actual legit Chipotle. You could go to the place and get the Gunther Steiner. It was good. Um, but they had more options at the track for everyone who was there. So they called the Steiner one, the sizzling Steiner. <laughs> then there was the meaty Magnuson. Oh, right? oh, so these, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, uh, oh. <laughs> so, I don't like that. Both of those, both of those had tons of stuff. They both that's had really, walk. Awesome. They both had like veggies. They were both like packed with salsa. They had flavor, right? My boyfriend mm-hmm. of the week is going to Nico Hulkenberg. <laughs> oh no. Because the hungry Hulk is no. the saddest, no. the saddest burrito I have ever seen. All of these other ones have like long descriptions of what's in them. The hungry Hulk is chicken, veggies, rice, salsa, and sour cream. That's it. Oh, that's sad. That's it. The meaty Magnuson, chicken, beans, veggie, salsa, other salsa, sour cream, lettuce, cheese, and guacamole. The sizzling Steiner, double barbacoa, brown rice, black beans, fajita veggies, guacamole, sour cream. The hungry Hulk, 
the saddest be- meal that any of these men eat on a daily basis. Not so hungry okay. Hulk, apparently. So we, we talked last week about what Donald Trump would call Nico Hulkenberg. And I feel like if Chipotle is calling Kevin Magnuson's burrito the meaty Magnuson, I feel like <laughs> Donald Trump would call him the malnourished Magnuson. <laughs> Like the malnourished Magnuson. Malnourished Magnuson. He's so gaunt. Look at him. I'm. I could beat him in a foot race. He's so pale. That's so crazy. Ew. The Hungry Hulk. The meaty Magnuson. Oh. I feel like Hungry Hulk. You gotta double all that stuff. Yeah. I was like, what is this? this is the saddest thing I've ever seen. I'm oh, not even like, so why funny, even bother? Man. This is that's when hilarious. you're peckish. This is like no, it's literally me. Meal. It That's literally so me. It literally is you. It's literally <laughs> me. Yeah, can I get the order off the kids' menu, please? No, literally. Like, if I had a Chipotle menu, it would just be a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Like, straight up. <laughs> anyway, um, I will give my boyfriend of the week to Chandler, who brought us friendship bracelets that say rich energy on them. And I thought that was so sweet. And, you know... I've been to every U.S. Grand Prix since like 2014. I really have not missed one. And this year I just decided I was too busy and tired. And my husband and I spent the whole weekend swapping out our differential in our Mazda Speed Miata. So we had a differential that wailed like a Victorian ghost. It was like, ooh, the whole time you're driving it. And we decided we're going to get a new differential and we're going to swap it out. So we had that car up all weekend. We took everything off of it. We put everything back and it no longer wails. So that was a very productive weekend. But Chandler brought me a friendship bracelet and gave it to Elizabeth. And I thought that was so sweet. I'm going to give my boyfriend of the week to Logan Sargent, of course, for getting some points in America. Good job. No, uh, give it oh, to the he's got, Magnuson. He's got three home races. I just want to call out that this guy moved to Switzerland when he was like 15 years old. Um, so, yeah, I just want to like keep that fresh in people's mind. So, anyway, good job, Logan. Um, we'll see what happens in Vegas. I'm excited for that. Vegas is going to be a whole, whole thing. <laughs> I also would love to give a big shout out to the Quick Stop F1 podcast. They had me come as a guest on their live recording after the race yesterday. So make sure that you go subscribe to them and check out the podcast when it gets released. Um, I'm also on Wednesday when this podcast is released. uh, Go to jalopnik.com where you will find plenty of features about Mohammed bin Suleim, the FIA president. I had the chance to interview him this weekend. Uh, and those are coming out on Wednesday. It's going to be spicy. He is a man with a lot of thoughts and a lot of things to say. Go but check are that those out. thoughts good is the question. <laughs> You'll find out on Wednesday. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Donut Racing Show. We will be back next week to talk about the Mexican Grand Prix. In the meantime, make sure to subscribe and tell all your friends to tune into the Donut Racing Show. And if you want to leave us a five-star and kindly worded review, it really helps us out. We have an email address, donutracingshow at donutmedia.com, and you can get in touch. Here's an email we got recently. Hi, all. Love the show and the book Racing with Rich Energy. Thank you so much. I've heard that's a good book. I don't know who wrote that. That was me on the aside. Anyway, back to the email. In a recent episode, you mentioned that forward, toward, and backward do not have an S at the end of them. As an aside, (laughs) this is me. Um, That's actually the rule for American English, but British English prefers to have the S at the end. I only know this Mm. because 20 years ago, I lost points on an essay in 11th grade because I used the British spelling. Keep up the good work, Joey in Minneapolis. Joey, 
I, I, I do no S. <laughs> That's great. Thank you for listening. I think Logan Sargent would use the S. Yeah, I only know this because 20 years ago, I lost points in an essay in 11th grade. I would also remember that. I actually told a story this weekend about, so in college, I had a 4.0 and I graduated the University of Texas with a 3.98. And I had this professor. He was an audio journalism professor and his name was Chris with a K. And Chris with a K had favorites in the class and I was not one of them. So I worked the U.S. Grand Prix that weekend. I was covering it for Auto Week magazine at like 19 years old and I had a project due. So I did a project. It was an audio journalism project. My headphones were broken and I didn't realize it. So they were giving me like the audio tones at the wrong level. And I'm a college student. Like I don't really think like, oh, I need to test this in multiple headphones. So I turned to this project. And Chris with a K gives me a terrible grade because the audio levels are wrong. And I listen to it and I go, I am so sorry. My headphones were broken and I was at the U.S. Grand Prix. Can I please fix it and make it up because this is going to ruin my 4.0? And he was like, no. And I was like, Chris with a K, I'm going to remember that for the rest of my life. So, Joey, I get it. It's horrible when this thing, these things happen. Thank you for educating us on British English. If you're not familiar with Donut Media, uh, we have a YouTube channel as well as an automotive history podcast called Past Gas. You can go check it out on all podcast platforms. Follow DRS on X slash Twitter slash whatever the frick it's called these days. At Donut Racing Show. (laughs) I'm not on it. Deleted my account. And email us at donutracingshow at donutmedia.com. Follow Alanis at Alanis N. King on Twitter and Instagram. She also has a YouTube channel called Alanis King. And you can check her out on Doug DeMiro's Cars and Bids YouTube channel as well. And follow Liz at Eliz underscore Blackstock on Twitter and Eliza Blackstock on Instagram. And go check out those articles that she mentioned. Uh, Liz uh, does really great work in the uh, writing space. That's a weird way of saying that Liz is a great writer and you should read her stuff. Uh, My name is Nolan J. Sykes on Instagram. uh, Also on Blue Sky, which is not popping off. Blue Sky is... They need to open it up to the public. Let's get some more people in there. Are you posting at all, Nolan? I never see you post on Blue Sky. Not really. That's the other thing I've noticed. I'm not not a good poster. I don't post. I'm not good. Nobody needs to hear my thoughts on, uh, uh, on random stuff anymore. Check out my reel on the Volvo Polestar engineered V60 on Instagram. There we go. Good job, Nolan. I worked hard on it. We will see you in like a week. Bye. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. 
bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.